It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles, if you will, turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. Galatians, chapter 5, we are trying to finish a thought that we picked up last week dealing with some differences between law and grace. And the scripture is very clear that we live under grace now, not under the Old Testament law. And we looked at several things through that. I really don't want to spend a lot of time reviewing most of that. Um, we, we You can look in Colossians in chapter 2. And you'll see several commands given. Um, actually, let me just read in Colossians 2, verse 14, just to refresh our minds. It says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And then if we go a little bit farther into verse 20, it says, Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances, and this is speaking of the law, touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men? Um, I don't really need to read much more in there. We're dealing here with the observances of the law. When Christ died on the cross, the time limit of the law had expired. Now we are placed under grace again. So the question we were asking, does that, I mean, now that we're under liberty, does that give us license to sin? Romans 6, which we're fixing to move into, is going to very clearly answer that, but I, we needed to explain some of these differences between law and grace if you remember, the purpose of the law was only to convince or to prove every man guilty before God and then to show us of our need of grace through Christ and that the law was insufficient to give us righteousness. Christ fulfilled the law. Christ finished the law on the cross and then placed us under grace where we are to live by faith which worketh by love. So we come to Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1, and we'll read from here to verse number 14 just to get some of the context of where we're going, and then it'll immensely help us in Romans chapter 6. It says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, if you know from the chap two chapters previously, what was he dealing with? The law, or he uses one of the words that the New Testament uses much for it, circumcision. That was kind of the sign or of the covenant of the of um, Abraham's promise. Now, it was he did not receive it until after he had been given the promise. But all this was to be done away with once the promised seed had come. So he's dealing with the yoke of bondage or the law, all these commandments, all these ordinances that were given to the nation of Israel. And you had moral law, you had civil law, you had dietary law in there, and um, just, I guess you could call it some judicial law in there, certain punishments needed for things. But really the purpose was to show what sin truly was, to give some boundary lines to sin, and then to give some separational things to the nation to set apart the nation of Israel to God. 
But now here, we're under grace. We have liberty. We're not living under those old laws anymore. Those ordinances, those things being subject to taste not, touch not, handle not, all these ordinances of the law, we're not under those anymore. Christ delivered us. Now, does that give us liberty to sin? No. And that's what this passage begins to answer. He says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Understand this. There is, with the law covenant, came bondage. The law exposed the power of sin in our lives and exposed that every one of us, no matter how good we think we are, we all fall short of the righteousness of Christ, of the righteousness of God. We cannot come to the mark. We cannot make that mark. So the law, when we're trying to live under the law, all we are being reminded of is our inability to fulfill the law because our flesh will always fall short. There is not power in the flesh to live up to the law. So the law does nothing but minister bondage to sin. It shows this is sin. I try to live up to that law and I can't, which exposes the sin in my heart and it just defeats me is all it does. It's bond it brings bondage. It's profitless. If we have to live under the law for salvation or our justification or just to plead to to make ourselves holy in the sight of God, then the whole purpose of Christ dying on the cross is absolutely worthless to us that would believe that way. And any person that tells you you have to live under the law as a Christian today in order to be saved or in order to be right with God, they are they are misinterpreting the word of God. Now, I am not at all talking the scripture teaches a holy life, but we will explain that difference very soon. So Paul's telling them, stand fast in that liberty. Here there's a group coming into the Galatian believers after Paul's been there teaching the things of grace, and then they are trying to bring these Christians back under law and saying, no, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this in order to maintain your righteousness before God. And it was, it was false doctrine. So he says, if any every man that is circumcised, he's a debtor to do the whole law. You cannot keep the whole law. But if that's what you think justifies you, then you have to keep it every iota from the day you were born to the day you die. The problem is we've already broken all that. We can't. So then he says in verse number four, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Salvation is by grace through faith alone. No works, period. And any man that tries to add any work to salvation, they are unbiblical, they are false teachers, and they are t teaching or preaching another gospel than what the Bible teaches, and there will be no salvation. There has never been salvation by the law. The law has never been able to justify. The law has never brought righteousness. So Christ has no effect on any person that thinks they have to live to a certain standard in order to merit the grace of God or in order to be righteous before God. So the question is, why would anyone wish for a return to the law? If we are under grace, why in the world would we want to be under law? Verse, um, verse number four exposes this whole thing. Those teaching 
that you have to live out the law, that is true legalism. Now, there are many people out there today that say anybody that teaches that we are to be living a holy life, they're legalists. I'm here to tell you that is wrong. Legalism is strictly a salvation issue. Legalism says that you have to keep the law, you have to live above sin in order to be righteous before God, in order to be saved. Anybody that says that is a legalist and they are wrong according to the word of God. But the word of God still says, be ye holy for I am holy. The word of God still says that we're not to use this liberty under grace as an occasion to serve the flesh but by love to serve one another, and we still end up fulfilling the law. We've dealt some with that. So I'm here to tell you that anybody that teaches you works for salvation or works to be holy, because holiness is a work of grace in our lives. Anybody that teaches you have to do, 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 they're teaching legalism. What I'm trying to show you is from the Word of God is that while God still intends for us to live a holy life, it's been done through grace by God. And if we will allow God to live through us, we can live to a holy standard that we were never able to live to before. Am I saying we're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. We still have to deal with sin on a day-to-day -day basis. But what I am saying is the power of sin has been removed and God intends for you to live a holy life. And God intends for the moral law to be completed by the work of grace in our hearts. It's automatic and it works by love. If you truly love God, you're not going to do anything that displeases Him. Why? Not because you have to, but because you want to. So, why would anybody want to return to the law? It's profitless. It puts you back under bondage. But you need to understand that this is what legalism is. It tries to bring you under bondage. He goes on to say in verse number 5, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. I want you to understand that this thing of legalism, or that is teaching works for salvation, is false doctrine. And it is dangerous. Verse 9 explains that a little bit more. It says, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. See, if they were to allow these teachers in there to continue to teach this false gospel that you had to live to a certain standard in order to be justified before God, he said, that will ruin you. That little bit of leaven will ruin the entire church. It'll ruin the whole lump there. You'll be teaching another gospel. You'll have fallen from grace. He goes on to say, though, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Notice this. I would that I would they were even cut off which trouble you. Paul was very serious about this doctrine. This doctrine is not something to be playing around with. Any denomination, any person that comes by teaching that you have to do this or do that to be saved is wrong. It is false doctrine. And they're teaching or preaching, as the Word of God would call it, a damnable heresy or another gospel. It's dangerous. 
You see, if we place ourselves back under the law, then we only have one thing to look forward to, and that is judgment, because we cannot keep the law. But if we allow, our, allow God to live through us, we live under grace. And the grace of God is able to work in us a life that was before impossible. He goes on to say, but for brethren, ye have not, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So God, through grace, has provided a way that we can live to a holy standard, that we can be holy as He is holy, because we are identified with Christ. We are the representation of Christ to this earth, and we ought to be displaying the holiness and righteousness of God on a day-to-day -day fashion, on a way that makes people hungry and thirsty for God. And But that is not possible by us living by the power of the flesh, trying to complete this checklist of do or do not. The only way it is possible is by grace. So why would anybody wish to return unto the law? That law only brought bondage. And the only people that teach it, teach it from really an attitude of pride, of look what I can do, they teach it in some way that you might affect them or make them look better in some way or another. But it is in no way Bible. And I'm here to tell you that if your salvation is based on anything other than the the grace of God, and by faith in Christ's finished work, then you're not saved. Salvation is through Christ alone. Christ nailed the law to the cross, gave us grace. When we accept Christ by faith, He justifies us. He declares us righteous before God. Now my position before God legally my record is clear. When God pulls up my record, he's going to see nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. He's going to see nothing but Christ's righteousness applied to my account. He cannot see my sins. They are removed. They are gone. They are expunged. They've been blotted out. And God sees me as holy. But now practical living, that's going to become a different issue. And we'll begin looking at that in Romans chapter 6. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.